This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Glenn Tomrin and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Hallelujah. Pour out our praise. It's a good song. Pour out our praise. Pour out our praise. That's a good idea. Hallelujah. To pour out your praise at the feet of Jesus. Hallelujah. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful that Jesus doesn't give up on us. Aren't you thankful about that? You know, we should all be thankful about that, that he's, he's patient and he's kind and he's good. Hallelujah. I'm very thankful. Hallelujah. He didn't give up on me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Happy people here tonight? I'm happy. Praise the Lord. Blessed. Hallelujah. I'm just so thankful that the Lord is bringing us up. And I was just reminded here during worship, we were praying on Sunday morning. And, you know, the book of Proverbs says that the, the path of the righteous, it shines brighter and brighter until the full light of day. And the Lord is, is he's bringing us up and into more light. Hallelujah. More understanding of his ways, more of understanding of what he wants to do as a church and for you individually. If you will tap into it and get after it. Hallelujah. Because there is, there's great, uh, there are great anointings that are available for this time and this hour. Hallelujah. For those that will seek them and apply themselves for what God has in store. <clears throat> And uh, maybe you'll know more about that at the end of this service. But there's so much that God wants to do. Hallelujah. And the time is short. I've been praying here of late, Lord, help me redeem the time. Because in Ephesians, I think it's in chapter 5, it says, it says, you know, redeem the time because the days are evil. What does it mean by that? Well, if just the days go by, one day like the other, and then... That doesn't produce anything good because time just goes on. And, and, you know, how many of you know we only have a certain amount of time on this planet? Did you know that? At one time or the other, your visa is going to run out. And you will be, adios amigos. Hallelujah. See you on the other side. Right? Praise the Lord. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sober thought, but it's a thought we need to have in front of our eyes so we don't waste our time here. There's a lot of people wasting time. <laughs> Precious time. And we've been given so much by Jesus that we need to accomplish. Praise the Lord. I'm going to talk to you tonight about real faith. Like, well, oh, real faith. <laughs> yeah. Because there's, there's, there is real faith and then there's what we think is faith, but it doesn't produce, so we know that if it doesn't produce, then it can't be real faith, because real faith always works. You will always have what you believe for if it's real faith. And it's like, well, okay, well, we'll get into it here as we go. But you know, in Romans chapter 1, it talks about the just shall live by faith, right? I've been talking about faith many times in here. And uh, what does that really mean? 
to live by faith? Well, I like to put it this way. If you are really living this life of faith, you are a follower of Jesus. You are one that follows him. In John 10, 27, it says, My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. <laughs> In John chapter 8, verse 12, you don't have to look this up. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Doesn't that sound good? Because when you're walking in the light, you see. You're not confused. Things are clear. Hallelujah. And you know certain things. You know, for instance, what God wants you to do, what he's called you to do. And so we see in, in the life of Paul, the apostle, you know, he wrote over half the New Testament. So, you know, I, I refer to him often uh, because he obviously knew what it was like to follow Jesus. And in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, he says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. In the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So his life now, he said, I'm crucified with Christ. So the old life is gone. I've stepped into a new existence now where I have given my life for Jesus. Well, that does away with I did it my way, doesn't it? Like Frank Sinatra, he's out, way out in left field. Right? But it's a popular thing. You know, I want to do things my way. You know, I want to be, you know, I want to I wanna be my own man. I'm going to make my own way. Well, that's not the way a Christian is supposed to live. Because if you are a Christian, one that has given his life for the Lord because he gave his life for you, then your life is different. Then your life now is, is in him. And so now your life is basically his if you have submitted yourself to his authority. Can I get an amen? amen? And most people don't like to, to talk about that because submission is just such an ugly word. But if you knew who you were submitting to, it's not a problem. Because first, he gave his life for you. He's, he, he, he came from heaven, stepped into a body, God in the flesh. He humbled himself to die for you because he was the only one who could do it. So when it, when you, and, and now, if you had seen him now, high and lifted up, exalted, glorious, powerful, then it's not a problem to bow your knee to him. And, 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 and if you wonder about it, at one point, every knee will bow. Because Jesus is going to come back and every knee is just going to, you're going to hit the ground. Whether you chose to believe in him or not, your knees will bow because he's Lord. And there will be no contest. Jesus is Lord. And everybody else that tried to exalt itself against that, they will just hit the carpet. Because Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. He's the Lord of the universe. The fact that he came and gave his life for you is astounding. He gave his life for his creation, which is astounding. It's not a problem to submit your life to such a one. When you have the right view. When you get out of, I want to do it my your way will kill you. 
I'm just going to let you know right now, your way will flat out kill you. If you're going to follow my way and whatever I choose to do and blah, 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 you will find yourself in a very sorry spot. I've tried it. It's not fun. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so walking by faith, hallelujah, is following Jesus. Or you can say that you cannot not have real faith unless you've heard from heaven. That's when I was, I was working at the prayer and healing center down at Rama down there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And, you know, we ministered to a lot of people that were terminally ill. And one of the first things, after a while, I'm kind of, you know, you, you see what works and you see what doesn't, right? And you find out that I am not the answer. <laughs> I cannot heal a gnat's wing. I'm not a healer. What I need to do is point them to him who is. Because Jesus is the healer. He is the one who breaks bonds. He's the one who sets people free. He always has been and always will be. We are just basically a conduit that God can work through. And so I would ask them, what has the Lord already told you about the situation? Because did you know that God speaks to all of us? But a lot of times we dismiss it because we think it's either ourselves or, well, it's like I don't hear from heaven. You hear from heaven. You're a child of God. You have the Holy Spirit living in you. You hear from heaven. So what I asked them is, what, what, what has the Lord already told you about the situation? And a lot of times when we start talking about it, he's already impressed on them what the first step is. Because he loves you. He loves everybody and he wants to see everybody free. Hallelujah. And walking in victory, hallelujah, of everything that sin brought into this world. That's what Jesus came to do. He came to completely set you free. Hallelujah. But for you to walk in that freedom, you need to walk with him. You need to submit yourself under his authority and walk with the master. Hallelujah. You cannot walk this Walk of faith, you know, what I, what I, ha, what I, what I see sometimes is that we, we, get, we get it down. We, we know that, that, that faith, we need to speak. You don't need to speak what the Word says. And we have this mechanical approach to faith. Well, there's nothing mechanical about it. It's a relationship between you and Jesus Christ. Because you can't walk off of the light path out in your own deal and, and, and try to put into practice these, these things you've learned about faith because what you're going to find out is not going to work. Because faith starts when you hear from God himself. This is what I want you to do about this situation. Because you're different than the other person. You tick differently. God will speak differently to you than he does to me because we're different. See, yeah, he has, he, he, he is, he can individually, he can relate to you better than anybody else because he speaks your language. Hallelujah. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, Paul's talking to Timothy and he, he mentions this about uh, faith and he says, in the King James Version, it says, Now the aim of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart, with a good conscience, and with faith unfeigned. We don't use unfeigned or feigned very much, do we? No, you kind of have to look the word up and see what feigned means. Well, feigned means fake or pretend. 
So if there's a pretend faith, then there's a not pretend faith. And so there is real faith, and then there's pretend faith. And I want to share with you here a little story that is very familiar to you, and you will see an example from the Bible of fake faith, and it's in Numbers chapter 13. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. In Numbers chapter 13, you know, it's the story of the Israelites about to enter the land of Canaan, right? And we know the story. They send in 12 spots. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to kind of walk through it because of time's sake. But they, they had 12 spies, leaders among the people. So these were leaders. It wasn't just, you know, anybody that chose. This was leaders among the people that they sent in to spy out the land. And they went in and they saw that, wow, this land is exceedingly good. It is a land that truly flows with milk and honey. It's exactly what God said. They come back. And, of course, we know the ten spies had a bad report, right? An evil report, the Bible tells us. And the two spies said, you know, we can go in and take the land. But the people chose to go with the negative. Doesn't that a lot of times happen? Negative is the default. People are like, yeah, no, we can't do that. <laughs> Even though God had just split the stinking Red Sea for these people. Anyhow, that's pretty impossible, you know. So anyhow, and so they choose not to go into the promised land. And, and God is, is, is less than pleased. You remember that? The people that actually, the lead, those ten leaders, they died of the plague in the presence of the Lord. The only two that survived of those guys were Joshua and Caleb. <laughs> and so I'm going to pick up here in Numbers 14 now. Let me see. Numbers 14 and verse 25. This is God's response. He says, uh, now the Amalekites and the Canaanites dwell in the valley. Tomorrow turn and move into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. So what has God now told them? He told them first to go into the land of Canaan. Right now he says, turn. He says, go into the desert. What can they have faith to do? Go into the desert. Because that's what God said. So Numbers 14 and verse 39, we jump there. Then Moses told these words to all the children of Israel, and the people mourned greatly. And they rose early in the morning and went up to the top of the mountain, saying, Here we are, and we will go up to the place which the Lord has promised, for we have sinned. And Moses said, Why do you transgress the command of the Lord? For this will not succeed. Do not go up, lest you be defeated by your enemies, for the Lord is not among you. For the Amalekites and the Canaanites are there before you, and you shall fall by the sword because you've turned away from the Lord. The Lord will not be with you. Verse 44. But they presumed to go up to the mountaintop. mountaintop. Nevertheless, neither the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord nor Moses departed from the camp. Then the Amalekites and the Canaanites who dwelt in the mountain came down and attacked them and drove them back as far as Hormah. So let me ask you a question. Could this have looked like faith on the outside? If you didn't know what God had told them, could this have looked like faith? We're going to go up and we're going to take the land. It might have looked like faith. It might have sounded like faith. But it's fake because they hadn't heard from God. And so now there is no, there is no anointing or no supply from the heavenly host because now you're doing your own thing outside of what God told you. And that's where a lot of people fail because, well, it worked for them. 
Now I'm going to try doing it. Well, what did God tell you? What did God tell you? Because if he didn't tell you, you can't be in faith about that. But if something jumped out when you were reading the scripture and it just became real to you, you know that this is something the Holy Ghost is trying to tell you. He's talking to you now. Or if you've been praying and the Lord is speaking to you now, you can have faith for that. That's why you can't walk this walk of faith without a personal relationship with Jesus. Because you see it all the time and a lot of times people will actually walk away from the things of God because it doesn't work. It works every time when you listen to the Lord. But if you do your own thing, you're going to fall on your face and people that are watching say, well, they tried this faith stuff and it doesn't work. Well, faith works every time, my friend, when you walk with the Lord. Hallelujah. Say with. Hallelujah. Because we're supposed to walk hand in hand with him. We're supposed to follow him. We're not supposed to do our own thing. You don't want to do your own thing. You want to be in the midst of something and him right there. Because now you know that we're going to overcome. Because it's not just me. It's Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Woo. Now that's, 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 that's pretty fun right there. I mean, that's... that's uh, Ought to get your attention. Hallelujah. So, we need to follow his leading what he tells us to do. And I just was thinking about this as I was preparing. He says, I'm not Pastor Mike. I'm not Pastor Brian. I am me. God has a specific call on my life. He has a specific call on Pastor Mike's life. He's got a specific call on your life. And the only one who can walk that out is you and Jesus. Hallelujah. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, hallelujah, and verse 12, it says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether Iowan or Norwegian, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many members. Hallelujah. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? It would be very difficult to walk to. You just roll around on the ground. If the whole body, uh, if, if the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each of them, in the body just as he pleased. So we have to talk to him about it. Lord, what have you called me to do? Because I am special. Didn't your mama tell you that when you were little? You're special. My mom used to tell me that all the time. It's not because I rode the short bus to school. <laughs> That's pretty funny right there. Anyhow, no, he has a specific plan for your life. And God put you in the body. So that does, so you can't just, you know, so your kids, you shouldn't tell them. You can just, you can do whatever you, you can be whatever you want to be. 
What you need to guide them is just like guide them into a personal relationship with the Lord so they can figure it out on their own. And even if you see that they are gifted in a certain area, keep your mouth shut and let them figure it out themselves. I had a mother, you're called to this and you're called to that. And it's like, you know, the pressure is immense when you feel like you're called to reach millions when you're eight years old. <clears throat> so don't do that. <laughs> Love you, mama. She doesn't watch anyhow. So praise the Lord. And maybe she does. And I'm in trouble. Anyhow. <laughs> God has a path for you. And in his path, there is perfect provision. There's joy. There is peace. There is substance as far as, as what you will need to accomplish that call. There's a Spouse on that path. I found that. I found my spice, my spice on the path. Hallelujah. She spiced up my life. Praise the Lord. On the path is provision for you. Hallelujah. And it's an exceedingly good, good path. Hallelujah. It's the path where he will take care of you. Keep you safe. And make you somebody who will make a difference in this world. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2 kind of gets this point across as well. But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love at which he loved us even when we were dead in trespasses made us alive together with Christ. For by grace you've been saved through faith and that not of yourselves is the gift of God. Not of works lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. He prepared some good things before you were even in Christ. He, prepared, he saw ahead. He made provision. He knew that you were going to accept him. He, knew, he knows everything about you. If he, knows, if he can count the hairs on your head, on some of you it's more work than others. But still, if he can do that, and if he's even interested in doing that, Hallelujah. Don't you think he's prepared a lot of other stuff as well? Well, the word tells us he has. Hallelujah. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some effort on our part to figure out what that is. And most people don't take the time. Hallelujah. Just God had to God get that in there. Praise the Lord. Let's hear what Paul said after walking with the Lord. About for about 30 years after his on the road to Damascus experience. Because we need to get these things into correct perspective. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 7. Paul says, but he would just went through the whole list. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, you know, and blah, 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 blah. And he says, what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Hallelujah. Not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. And listen to this, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from 
the dead. This guy has walked with the Lord and given everything for Jesus for almost 30 years. And this is what he's aiming for, that I may know Jesus. And the thing is that when you get to know Jesus, the more you get to know him, the more you want to know. Because the thing is, we have just scratched the surface of how good he is and how powerful he is and how much he loves us. We might have just met him once. But he wants to meet with us on a regular basis. He wants to saturate you with himself. I heard one preacher say he wants to marinate you. You know, you put something in a marinade and it takes on the flavor of what you marinated in. Hallelujah. And you should marinate in him on a regular basis so you will take on his flavor. Hallelujah. And then he said, you know, sometimes, you know, people, you know, fall out under the power and they lay on one side. And he says, and they lay and then they flip over on the other side, you know, to, to you know, from medium rare to well done. So you can get a well done, thou good and faithful servant when you get to heaven. Anyhow, I need to make you laugh every now and then. Verse 12, he says, not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected. This guy wrote over half the New Testament. But I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Hallelujah. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. It seems like he's actively going after it, huh? I press toward the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. There's a fight to this walk of faith. There is a... <laughs> You're going to have to get actively involved. You will need to get after it. You will probably need to get on your knees and seek the Lord. Hallelujah. You will have to run after him. Hallelujah. And be willing to lay your life down. And if you knew how little you had to lose, you'd do it right now. You need to take ownership of your life in Christ, because if you don't do that, if you look at yourself as, well, I'm just a victim of this. No, you can't afford to do that. Because Jesus has set you free and he's put you in his body for such a time as this. And he has anointed you and called you for eternal purposes. And you might not be a preacher, but you are one with an eternal purpose. And you are to make an impact wherever you are. Hallelujah. I wrote this in red. It's going to require you investing your life into it and giving it everything you've got. You know what which people that, that God visits? It's, it's, it are the ones that are hungry and thirsty and are pursuing him. If you look back at your lives, when he, whenever he was able to touch you was when you were running after him. And if you get this kind of, hmm, ha, you know, it's, it's you know, I'll, I'll make it to church kind of a deal. And then you don't give him any time outside of that. Well, it's, 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 he's not going to bother you. 
But one thing that has come up in my heart that, that I don't want to be one of those that look back and I am, when you see God start to move and you see this end time revival and you realize that I should have been in the middle of that and I'm not. I don't want to be one of those. I'm not going to be one of those that stand back on the station and the train is leaving. Yes, you'll make it to heaven, but you don't want to just make it to heaven. You don't want to stand in front, front of, you know, there's a reward, you know, they call this the judgment seat of Christ, but it's basically, you know, what did you do or what I gave you? And, you know, I don't want it all to burn up. I don't want a big bonfire. No, I want something to be, to be just purified and you see gold and precious stones and stuff that has eternal value. That's what he wants for each and every one of us. And I want to get after it now because we only have so much time. But he can redeem the time. He can redeem the time. And if you've noticed, Ron, it seems like things are just advancing really fast. What is just the time we're in? God can redeem your time if you will just get with it and give him everything. He can redeem decades of your life. And he can put you in a place where you can be very effective for him. Because the worst thing you can do is think that the, it's, it's, too, it's not too late. I wouldn't be talking to you about this tonight if it was too late. God would not put it on my heart to talk to you about this if it was too late. It is not too late. He's just wanting to get your attention because there are some things that he wants to do through your life. I've just started praying more for family members now and I'm getting phone calls like, I didn't expect that. Well, I should have expected it because I prayed for them. I was like, wow. You know, God is like, he's, he's working way over what I could really believe. He's so fast. And I was like, well, it's because I'm doing what he's impressing on me to do. Did you, did you know that, that, that people's lives around you can change dramatically just by you praying for them? And just by you, you making yourself available to the Lord. In the morning, you say, Lord, is there something that you want me to do today besides just, you know, doing what I normally do? He just needs, you know, a vessel to work through. And he has chosen mankind to do this job. So here we are. You know, we got all these faults and we got all these shortcomings, but that don't matter because he can, he can do whatever he needs to do if you just be obedient and willing. God supplies all the rest if you would just make yourself available. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I have this, I don't know if, if uh, I was actually on my way here to church today, and I've been, you know, listening more to, did you get it? Okay. Reinhard Bonnke, you know, we're doing this small group deal, and, uh, and we're going to do one of his, uh, his courses called Full Flame, and I just came across this deal. I was listening to YouTube on the way here, and it's like, I don't know, eight, maybe eight minutes or something like that, and I just want to play it. Because this is from a missionary statesman who started just with a call of God to go to Africa and preach the gospel. And this is after 40 years and he's sharing this testimony. I want you to hear it. If we have it. Awkward silence. Listen. There. I've been for 40 years in Africa. Africa... Africa is uh, uh, my very favorite con continent. 
What I have seen God do in Nigeria defies all description. So mighty, so glorious, so fantastic. And when I was a young evangelist there, I was just about 30 or 31 years of age. I was in the northern, what they then called in those days, the northern Transvaal in, of South Africa. I had a crusade there. It was a small crowd. There were only 8,000 people. Only 8,000. And it was on an open field, the elephant grass. You know what elephant grass is? It's as tall as an elephant. We had our open space, but then there was no road or nothing. I had to drive my car through that elephant grass to arrive. I just, I just had preached. I just had led a few thousand people to the Lord. We saw mighty miracles of God. I still wanted to be alone a little bit. And I all had gone and I was there. The generator was still running. I switched it off. It was a pitch black night. No star in the sky. No moon, no nothing. I could hardly see where where my car was. I saw it then and I got in, switched the lights on and drove away through that high grass. Suddenly, there was a young man in front of me and he flagged me down. I stopped the car, I pulled the window down. I said to him, I said, is there something wrong? came and said no there's nothing wrong but I knew you would pass here I found Jesus as my Savior in this crusade and I knew you would come pass here and that I would meet you here because I want to receive the Holy Spirit I said, what is your name? He said, my name is David. I said, how old are you? He said, I'm 17 years of age. Touched me so much. I got out of the car, let all the lights on that I could see was what I was doing. Laid my hands on him and the moment it was as if lightning struck him. That was electricity. He was bending backwards, forwards, and burst out in new tongues. And it was absolutely wonderful. Something I had witnessed already so often, so often. He said, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'm now going to my home village. And I went to my, the home where I, the people with whom I was staying. Now, here's the point. Four weeks later, back at home, I hear people say there is a revival in Northern Transvaal. I say, who's the preacher? They said, you will not believe it, but it's just a boy. 
mighty miracles are happening through that boy I say what's his name they said his name is David I was preaching in another area then I already had a trailer and this time I also had a tent a tent that could hold 10,000 people and one afternoon there was a knock on my door I opened he said to me sir do you remember me I'm David I said yes I remember you very well he said I've come to tell you what happened when I left you that night he said early in the morning at the crack of day of dawn he said I approached my home village and then I saw a mother that is a very polite word uh, courtesy uh, among the Africans there uh, a mother came towards me and she carried her child and the child was crying wailing whimpering he said I knew that mother and I knew the week before she had lost her first child to a fever now the second child was just as feverish he said I saw her and he said suddenly the love of God gripped me and although by our custom I could not have spoken with her I approached her and I said mother can I pray for your child and she said anything yes of course he said I prayed for that child immediately the child stopped crying and said I'm hungry mom I'm hungry that kid was totally healed the mother was so happy she ran to the chief and said chief you know how I buried my first child my second was just about to die when David prayed for my child and he is now completely well the chief said what I have a daughter who's very sick she was born a cripple I have seen the best doctors in South Africa and nobody was able to help her call David to pray for my daughter he said he was called and went to that uh, 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 chief house and the chief said to him there in that hut in that hut is my daughter she's never walked go in that hut and pray for her that you Jesus will heal my daughter he said I I I went into that hut and when my eyes got used to the darkness I saw the girl he, he said he said she had twisted 
twisted legs completely twisted like spaghetti you know and there she was he said I spoke to her about Jesus I laid hands on her and when I started to pray suddenly he said we heard cracking noises he said and suddenly we realized the bones were straightening he said the chief waited outside and his daughter walked out He said for the first time in her life she walked and the chief was screaming everybody was screaming and the chief said David for the next 10 days you are going to preach here to all my people you know in Africa when the chief speaks you better obey and people came from all over he said they came from all over and I preached every day for 10 days. I said, David, you told me you just got saved in my meeting. What on earth did you preach? He said to me, Muruti, I preached every sermon of yours. I said, Hallelujah. Then you have preached the gospel. People got saved. Pastors moved in. Baptized those people in water. This is what God can do. Clear the decks. God has something great for you in mind. Open the window. And shoot in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Well, I thought that brought it kind of clear. The point across. If God can do that with somebody who just got saved, what can He do with you? What can He do with you? I mean, the thing is, God, there's no limit with Him. He just needs a vessel. We need to get away from looking at us because we can't heal anybody, but He needs somebody to lay their hands on so He can do it. He needs somebody that can tell people that Jesus saves, heals, and delivers. Now, that's all he needs. If I've seen anything in the life of Reinhard Bonnke, it's that he was just obedient to take one step at a time at what God asked him to do. And he's not asking anything more of you. It's just one step at a time. He was a 17-year-old boy that was hungry for the things of God. If there's one thing that God needs is you being hungry for more of Him. If you hunger and thirst for God, then He will meet you. Hallelujah. He said, you draw near to me and I will draw near to you. But the ball's in our court. And there's a new... You know, we, I, I'm, Pastor said last year we turned a corner. We have turned a corner as a church. 
And God is getting us ready to fill this place. God didn't put it on pastor's heart to, to get all these seats out and we, you know, not fill it. No, God did that for a purpose. It is to reach people that are hurting, people that are lost, people that need Jesus. Hallelujah. And he's going to do it through us. He's going to do it through you and me. Hallelujah. Anybody want to be a part of that? Hallelujah. At least three people. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Because the thing is that that church as it used to be is over with. It is in the past. What we're going to see from now on are people that are all in. Because if not, people are going to start and they've already started closing churches. That's not going to happen here. Because you have a pastor who has put his foot down and said, no, we're going to preach the gospel. Because if there's anything people need right now, it is, well, they've always needed Jesus, just haven't been as much aware of it as now. And we need to stand up and stand strong, hallelujah. And if, if you stand for Jesus, he will stand for you, hallelujah. And he will not leave you hanging. It always pays to follow Jesus, you know, people think, well, you know, it's going to require this and that. Well, <laughs> yes, and the devil will try to tell you it's going to require too much of you. You don't want to do this, and you don't want to be bold, because what if it doesn't happen? Shut up. Shut up. What if it does happen? Hallelujah. And you will see more happening than you will see not happening, because people are hungry for God. They're hungry for something real. They don't come to church just to hear a cute sermon. They have real problems that needs Jesus. And he's an expert at setting people free. He hasn't quit for one day. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He sets people free today. Hallelujah. And he will baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire today if you want it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I wrote this down. If you receive the Lord Jesus, your Lord and Savior, you'll make heaven. But you want to do more than that. You want to live your life with purpose so that your life produces an eternal reward. Hallelujah. You want people to come and find you in heaven and say thank you. Thank you for telling me about Jesus because without you, I would have gone to hell. There are people, God has already made, he, he has already set it up for you, for you to bump into these people that you can tell about Jesus. And don't you pass them by that are opening your mouth and saying Jesus loves you. Or just engage in conversation. Because God, he lives in you. And he loves those people. Did you hear what the boy said? He said, he said, the love of God, he said, it gripped me. Hallelujah. We need the love of God to grip us. Hallelujah. And he will do that if we'll make ourselves available. And that's why we've done this with the small groups too. It's just to stir because it's already there. The hunger for more is already in you. I know it. 
The hunger for more of God is there because it's in every believer. The scripture says, deep calls unto deep because he is your father and your heart longs for fellowship with him. And he's just waiting. He's just waiting. And if you're wondering if it's going to pay, Jesus himself said in Mark chapter 10, verse 29, he says, Then Peter began to say to him, See, we have left all and followed you. And the devil would like to tell you, It's like, you, you have, you have, you've been stupid. You left that and you left that and look at where you're at. Again, shut up, devil. So Jesus answered and said, Surely I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake in the Gospels, who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. Hallelujah. It doesn't cost to follow Jesus. It always pays. In John chapter 12 and verse 26, and I'm going to close with this. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Hallelujah. And when the Almighty honors you, it's going to be evident to everyone. Hallelujah. Because the thing is that you can do nothing for God without God seeing everything you do. He sees you when you volunteer with the kids and you, and you help them out there. When you change those diapers up over there, God sees that. Hallelujah. Kids need the love of Jesus. Hallelujah. When you volunteer over with the kids or the youth, God sees it. When you are on the music team and you come to practice and you don't feel like it, God sees it. You're doing it for him. Hallelujah. God sees everything. So all that you've done for him, all that you've given into the kingdom with a whole heart, he sees it. And there is a reward coming your way. Hallelujah. But there's more he wants to do. Hallelujah. Through you and in you. And that's what we're going to see over the next weeks and months. The path is going to get brighter and brighter. And there's going to come an awareness of God. There's going to come an awareness and a fear of God that we haven't seen around here. People are going to start fearing God. Because God is going to start showing up. And it's going to be the people's faith. They're not in a cute sermon, but it's in the power of God. And in the move of the Holy Spirit because He is real. The Holy Ghost is real. And if it's up to me, I'm going to speak about Him everywhere I go. Because without the Holy Ghost, I probably wouldn't be here. He has kept me. He has spoken through other people to give me the word that I needed for that time to get me through. And he'll do the same for you. Because he is the comforter. Hallelujah. He is the strengthener. He is the one who stands by you to carry you through when you would normally break. But the Holy Ghost, he kept you. Hallelujah. On your feet, and he got you through that thing, and he'll do it again, and he will do it for other people as well. 
You can't do this without the Holy Ghost. There's a reason why Jesus said, do not leave Jerusalem until you are endued with power. Because you're going to need Holy Ghost power to do what He's called you to do and to stand, hallelujah, and to go through. Hallelujah, what you're going to go through. But He is there, and He's always available. Praise the Lord, and now we're all out of time. But praise the Lord, I wanted to stir you up tonight. Whew, because God has so much in store. And unless we wake up, hallelujah, we will not tap into it. Praise the Lord. Let's close our eyes. Hallelujah. Father, thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Did you bring these things to our attention? Because we're not going to be, Father, those that look back and regret. No, no. We're going to be those, Father, hallelujah, that heard your voice tonight. Ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Those that received the word. Glory. Hallelujah. And did something about it. We thank you, Father, for your goodness. And your mercy upon us as a church. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. For the mandate you've given us, Father, to reach our area. And I know, Father, that when you speak, there's always great purpose behind it. You do not, Father, bring these things up unless it is time. And it is for now. Hallelujah. So with every eye closed here, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm not going to do that. Hallelujah. We don't need to raise hands. Hallelujah. I just know that this, this message resonated with each and every one of you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Father, I thank you for these people underneath, under the sound of my voice. I thank you, Father, for the calls, the divine destinies, Father, that are stirred tonight. Hallelujah. And I thank you, Father, for your mighty Holy Spirit, even now touching every heart in here, Father, and stirring up the hunger for more of you. Hallelujah. More of you, Father, so that the things of this world grow strangely dim. So that we all see clearer and clearer, Father, what is important. Hallelujah. And where we need to spend our time for what you need us to do for you, Father. Because we are your hands and feet in the earth. And so I thank you, Father, for great grace on each and every one in here. And for your amazing help, Father, you help us all to take one step at a time. And as we do, Father, hallelujah, we walk, Father, with you one step at a time from faith to faith and from glory to glory. From one degree of your grace and help to another degree, Father. And from, 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 from a little bit of light to more light, Father, hallelujah. So we see things clearly. 
Hallelujah. And live our lives wisely and redeem the time. Thank you, Father, for your amazing, amazing grace and goodness upon us. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. You know, I didn't do the, the raising hands today because this is something that is, is going to be between you and the Lord. At the house. You know, what you do with what you hear is going to be between you and Him. And I know He's spoken to you tonight. You know, and I'm, saying, I'm not saying it's going to be a huge, like, this is going to be a life change. I'm going to move to Africa and be a missionary. If you do, that'd be great. But I'm not saying that, but I'm saying it's, it's a heart adjustment. A heart adjustment. One step at a time. And you will see God move in your life. It's going to be rapid. Because I've made some adjustments here of late, and I'm like, God is moving at my house, and I like it. Because when you do what he needs you to do, it is going to be for your benefit. Others too, but it's going to be hugely beneficial for you. Because now there's going to be power available. Things that you could not do in your own strength, but he just takes care of it because now he can. And he loves you, and he's just wanted to get your attention. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's easy to preach in here, so I'm going to stop. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Give him a shout. I like shouting. I'm a loud person. Just ask my wife. I'm loud all the time. She's like, you just wake Liam up. It's like, I did. <laughs> he'll go like, like, well, he'll get used to it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to take up our, our offering, give you an opportunity to...